Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life He gives. Well, we've been in a sermon series on the life of David, and we started that, I think it was like 10 weeks ago. And in last week, we looked at some of the ugliest parts of David's story, where David had, had made a mess of things. He had walked away from God and participated in some really dark and, and sinister conduct and stuff. And today, we get to do more of the same. <laughs> and lucky me, I was on the preaching schedule for both the weeks when we're going into the ugliest parts of David's story. Yeah! I love preaching ugly stuff. <laughs> um, but as I shared last week, like everything's recorded in Scripture for a reason, right? That the Bible doesn't just record people's success stories and their great faith stories. It also records their failures. And, and, and that's for a reason, because you and I fail, right? And we have to learn how to repent, how to find our way back to God. And so these stories are, are, are challenging. They're difficult. Um, but they're there for a reason. And last week, I... I warned you that parts of David's stories are stomach-turning, um, and that's going to be the case today, too, and we're going to see that today, particularly not so much in David's life, because we covered this last week, that David had this deep, deep repentance in his life to get out of that really dark space, but now we're going to read about that same stuff happening with his kids and with his family, which anybody who's a parent, you know, that's even more difficult, Right? And so in 2 Samuel chapter 13 and chapter 14, we find two of David's sons engaging in some just really evil, horrific behaviors. There's abuse of power. There's sexual assault. There's rape. There's cover-up. There's murder. Again, this is stomach-turning stuff. And David, we find David is distraught by it, right? Because this is his family. These are his kids. And, And he's trying to sort his way through all the rubble of, of this destruction. And he, the only thing he can really do at this point is surrender his family to God or just give up altogether. Have you guys ever been in a place before where th- this, the heaviness and the disillusionment and the disheartening burdens of life just like weighed on you so heavy that you started to feel apathetic. And you started to feel like, man, I don't even know what to do, so why do anything? Well, that's where David is. Um, and what I want us to focus on today is, as we try to insert ourselves into David's story here, we're going to read in a moment, um, what I want to focus on today is how do we, you and I, how do we discern the difference between surrendering to God and becoming apathetic? How do, how do we know how to, to surrender our circumstances to God without giving up? And there is a difference. There's a difference between surrendering and giving up. There's a difference between surrendering our stuff to God and just packing it in. And so that's what I want to focus on today as we look at this part of his story. And let me quickly first summarize 2 Samuel chapter 13 and 14 because it sets the stage for what we're going to read in chapter 15 this morning. So again, this is, this is ugly stuff, so prepare yourself. We're going to go through this part quickly. But one of David's sons, named Amnon, 
rapes his half-sister, Tamar. And Absalom, who is another one of David's sons and the brother of Tamar, finds out what happened. And, he, and two years later, he ends up killing Amnon and becoming a fugitive. And so this is the storyline that's happening in David's family. And as you can imagine, David is a wreck. He doesn't know what to do. And so three years go by, and finally, one of David's generals devises a plan to trick David into letting Absalom come home. And so here's what he does. He hires an actor, and he tells this actor, this woman, hey, I want you to act like a poor widow, and I have a script for you. I want you to go before King David and just play act. Tell him this make-believe story. And so she does. She she goes before David, and she's pretending that she's in mourning, and she's grieving. She's a widow, and she has two sons, she tells David, although she doesn't. This whole thing's being made up. She goes, I have two sons, and they got in a fight, and one killed the other. And now my family wants revenge on my surviving son, and they want to kill him, so I'm not going to have any sons. And David is so overwhelmed with compassion and empathy that he gives a pardon to this made-up son. (laughs) And once he gives the pardon, the woman who's play acting comes clean and says, actually, this is all an act. I I don't really have sons. I'm not really a widow. I I was telling this story because one of your generals told me to, gave me this script and told me to tell you this story because this is what you should do with your son, Absalom. It's it's so Jerry Springer-esque, right? It's all of this, like, (laughs) deceit. and, and, And so, It ends up that David invites Absalom home, but David refuses to see him. And two more years go by. And so there's this awkwardness, right, where dad's invited the the son who committed this offense home, but they're, they're, they're not getting along. For two years, he refuses to see him. And that, of course, leads to some bitterness and some resentment on Absalom's part. And then at one point he says, why did you invite me home if you can't forgive me or can't even look at me? And then, of course, that bitterness sets in further. And what Absalom does is he plans to steal the kingdom away from his father David and kill David. So this just is just a quagmire of dysfunction and brokenness. And, and David is at this point where, like, I, do I surrender this to God? Do I just give up? I, I don't even know what to do. And so then we get to 2 Samuel 15, and we're going to read a little bit. In 2 Samuel 15, David's son Absalom wins over the hearts of the people and starts a rebellion. And we'll pick up in verse 13. 2 Samuel 15, verse 13. A messenger soon arrived in Jerusalem to tell David, all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. Verse 14. Then we must flee at once, or it'll be too late. David urged his men, hurry, if we get out of the city before Absalom arrives, both we and the city of Jerusalem will be spared from disaster. And so I want to just pause here because I want to, um, there's a stark contrast from the story we looked at last week when David was willing to do anything to protect his power and position to this story. So somewhere between these two stories, David's posture has changed, his disposition has changed. Instead of doing anything possible to protect his power, he gives it up. And he's actually concerned for his people other than just himself. He says, hey, if we leave now, there won't be bloodshed in the city. 
And so something's happened in David's, in David's heart, right? He says we need to surrender the kingdom to Absalom before there's a war, before there's bloodshed. And so David's bodyguard and his advisors and 600 of his, of his best men, they, they flee into the wilderness. And then in verse 25, as they're, as they're in flight, David says this. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he will bring me back to see the ark in the tabernacle again. But if he's through with me, then let him do what seems best to him. Now, I want you to think about those words for a second. Can we, can we put that up on the screen? It's, oh, we can't? We don't have a screen? Okay, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We have ears. We can just hear the, God's word. We want you to be able to, to see it. Let me read the words again because you don't have them up on the screen. This is what David says when he's on the run. He says, if the Lord sees fit, he'll bring me back to see the ark and the tabernacle again. But if he's through with me, then let him do what seems best to him. And so you read those words and you can tell that he's in a tender place. Of He's, he's in this place of like he has, he, he's deciding right now if he, he's just going to surrender to God and surrender these circumstances to God or if he's just going to pack it in and give it up. But, and what David does here is he surrenders his kingdom. He lets his son Absalom overthrow him, and he, he just surrenders the kingdom. And I want to hit the pause button here because I think there's some clues for you and I in this part of the story that might help us differentiate between the difference of giving up and surrendering to God because there is a difference. But how do we know that? Because it all feels the same. Well, there's three clues here in this story that differentiate between the two, between surrendering to God and giving up. The first clue is this, that even though David doesn't see a path forward, he leaves room for one. He's at this place where he's like, hey, if the Lord sees fit, he can bring me back. I don't know how. It seems impossible. I have no clue it doesn't even seem feasible. There's no path forward. But if God wants to do it, he can. So even though he doesn't see any way that that could happen, he leaves room for it. That's the first clue. The second clue in this story is in the, in the following verses, we read that David develops a plan. Now, it's not a good plan. In fact, it's a pretty bad plan. <laughs> but he develops a plan. Right? And I think sometimes the difference between surrendering to God and giving up, it, when you give up, you, you don't develop a plan, even a bad one. But when you're surrendering to God, there's still this sense of accountability. There's still this sense of action. And so David develops this plan. It's a terrible plan. He, he tells the priest, hey, here's, here's the plan. Here's my plan. I'm going to go down to the river and wait, and you're going to go back to the city. And if you find something out, you're going to come and tell me it. That's his plan. That's it. There's nothing, be, nothing beyond that. But that's all he's got at this point. The third clue we have that differentiates between giving up and surrendering to God is that David goes to prayer. We're told that he goes to prayer. And actually, we have this prayer recorded for us. He wrote it down. It's Psalm 55. This is the prayer David prayed at this part of his story. And, oh, we have the screen back. Good, we can read this prayer together. Psalm 55, verse 16. This is David's prayer when he's on, on the run by that river. But I will call on God, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress, 
and the Lord hears my voice. He ransoms me and keeps me safe from the battle waged against me. Though many still oppose me, God, who has ruled forever, will hear me and humble them. And there's this word interlude, because this is a song, right? So interlude means play some music for a while and just pause. Let, let what the words that came before just soak in. And he closes with this, For my enemies refuse to change their ways. They do not fear God. And so what I want us to see here at this part of David's story is that David is realistic about a situation and his circumstances, they're bad. I mean, they're bad. Like his, his family is just in shambles. Everything's a wreck. And, and he's not afraid to be realistic about that. Yeah, this is, this is terrible. But he does three things. One, he stays open to the possibilities that God might bring something his way. It's the first thing he does. Secondly, he tries to make a plan even though it's a terrible plan. <laughs> even though he doesn't have any answers or clue how it could ever materialize. And third, he takes the issue to God in prayer. Those are the three things he does. Now, what I want to do with, with the rest of the time I have in the next five to, to seven minutes or so, I want us to try to translate this to our own lives. Because I think there's some things here that we can glean and learn that, that might help us differentiate between, am I surrendering this to God or am I just giving up? Or, maybe even be- more important, how do I surrender this to God without giving up? And I'm going to share a couple personal stories with you. Um, one has, ends with a positive outcome, the other not so much. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I'll start with the positive one first. Okay, so for the last three and a half months, our staff team has been looking for an office. We don't have a church building. This is our church building. We just rent it on Sunday mornings. So we've been a couch surfing church community for the better part of our existence, <laughs> 14, 15 years. And, and we also don't have any offices, right? So we, we, I work out of my home. There, there, there's, is there six staff or five staff? There's six staff. <laughs> Six staff members, I'm full-time, we have five part-time staff members, and none of us have an office, right? So it's hard to, to, to have a, a, a place of operation where we, so we have staff meetings in my house, or, and I meet people at coffee shops, and I do my work. We also all do our work wherever we can do it, but we really need an office. And so we've been looking for three and a half months to find an office, but we also, like, you know, we don't want to spend a lot of money. We want our money to go to mission not just all the facilities, right? So we want to keep, our, keep the office. And we also need something that we can pay month to month because we don't know what the situation will be like. And we don't want to sign a long year, two-year lease on an office. So we're limited. And every week for the last three and a half months, I've been searching, you know, go to Craigslist, check in with some realtors, drive around town, look for signs. And I've looked at some spaces, and they're just not right. They're either too small or they're too much money or they're too, they're, the location isn't great. And every week, I, I spend about an hour doing this, and, and every week it just got harder and harder, right? Because the, the, the 11th time you do that, you're kind of like, okay, I guess I have to do this. It's going to be discouraging, and they're not going to find anything, and sure enough. Now, and then like, okay, I found a place. I'm going to go look at it. It's terrible. It's not going to work. <laughs> and, but you keep looking, right? And I remember there were so many times I would pray for God. God, like, I'm just giving this to you because... 
you know, there's not much out there. Well, just this last week, I said, okay, there's a space I'm going to go look at. It's probably not going to work out. And I go in, and it's, like, fantastic. It's, it's 2,400 square feet of open space that's all vacant. I got one office in the space, but the whole place is vacant, so it's, like, all mine. Right, all our team. It's got a boardroom and a, uh, a kitchen and um, two bathrooms and all this awesome space. And it's close by my house and it's cheap and it's month to month and all the things we were looking for. And and I, I as I got the keys this week and I was getting in my car, I was like, "Thank you, God, for like giving me the endurance to keep looking, <laughs> to keep trusting you, to surrender this office space situation to you instead of giving up on it." So that's my positive outcome story. You want to hear my negative one? I know you do. So, so one of the things I've always loved to do is write songs. I've written a bunch of songs over the years, and I just find a lot of joy in it, and I really, really love it. Um, but for the last year and a half, I've had no juice for songwriting. I've written one song, and it was a bad one. But I've been trying, I pick up my guitar, I have my computer out, I have my notebook out, I still like try, but it's not fun, it's not life-giving, it's just kind of difficult, right? And I'm not really getting any traction. I was on a Zoom meeting last week that I'm still trying to attend with some other songwriters all throughout Vermont and New Hampshire, and you share your work and encourage one another. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm on that call, and it was an hour and a half long, and I'm just like, why am I here? I don't even want to be here. And I, I've... I've been around long enough to know this, that when you stop loving things that you love, there's something that needs to be fixed, right? But I don't know how to fix that. And so I'm still in that place of like, I really want to resolve this. I want to surrender this to God, and, and I've, I've got a plan. It's a terrible plan. Um, <laughs> it's not working for me. Um, I want to surrender to God, but I don't want to give up. And I'm right on that edge where like, man, I just feel like giving up. Have you ever been there? And maybe you're listening to this and you're saying, Adam, those are great stories, but what I'm facing is way more hard than finding an office space or writing songs. And you might be right. Maybe you're, maybe you're facing um, a relationship that just feels hopeless, and you don't know what to do about it, and you're just stuck. And maybe you're feeling like, man, I don't know what to do here. Do I just give up on this thing? Do I surrender it to God? I feel like... I'm not sure what to do. Maybe you're, you're here and you're looking for a job that suits you better, but you don't even know if it exists. And you're just plotting every day, like tomorrow's Monday, and you're like, oh, man, I got to go back. And you're ready to just kind of throw in the towel and just stop searching because it's just, it's been so long. Or, or maybe you're facing a health issue with no end in sight and are just too fatigued to care anymore. Or maybe you're just really struggling in your faith. And you're like right on the precipice, right on the edge of just throwing in a towel and giving up, saying, you know what? This isn't, this isn't working. And what I want to do this morning is offer you an alternative to giving up. And that's surrendering to God. And you might not know the difference. So I want to help you a little bit. And just, I want to submit to you a few distinctions to make between the two things, between giving up and surrendering your circumstances to God. So can I offer you just some distinctions to help, to help you process this? Number one, 
Surrendering your circumstances to God is an admission that you have limitations and that you might not have all the answers. That's a sign of surrender. Giving up, on the other hand, gives it the illusion of control and blinds you to any possibilities that God might want to introduce or bring your way. That's a huge distinction, right? Second one, surrendering to God will bring a level of peace into your life. Not full peace always, but a level of peace, right? Giving up brings hopelessness and defeat. That's a good distinction. That's how you'll know, what am I doing here? Am I surrendering this to God or am I just giving up? That's a, that's a, a, a good litmus test. The third thing, surrendering your circumstances to God involves a thoughtful, intentional, prayerful response. Giving up is usually reactive and abrupt. So I, I give up. Have you ever said that? <laughs> and what do you do when you do that? You throw your hands up. <laughs> I give up. I've done that. I give up. <laughs> it's usually reactive and abrupt, right? But, but surrendering to God is this thoughtful, intentional, prayerful response. And then finally, surrendering to God allows you to place your circumstances in God's hands while you do your very best to respond wherever and whenever you can. Giving up, on the other hand, though it's usually more satisfying, <laughs> it is a self-protection mechanism to protect you from disappointment, but it will leave you disheartened and demoralized, demotivated, Right? These are all distinctions between surrendering circumstance to God and giving up. And if I were to summarize this, everything I just said there, into one sentence, I'd say it this way. There's a world of difference between saying, I give up, and Jesus, I surrender. A world of difference. And so what I want to do this morning to, to end our time together is I just want to pray for all of you. And if you're comfortable, I want to invite you to do something with me. But if you're not comfortable, that's fine. Um, but I want to invite you as I pray just to hold out your hand and open like this. Now, if you really, really want to get in this, you can put it right up here. I, I, I grew up in charismatic church, and you weren't worshiping and praying until your hand was, like, stripped way up there. Um, higher than the other person, so you could get God's... <laughs> but, if you're, if you're, but that's a lot. If, if, you're, if you're not this, maybe you're this, or maybe you're this, or maybe you're this. Or maybe you're just this, and your hand's open in your heart. <laughs> but the reason I want you to do this, because this, this is a physical act of prayer. Because when you extend your hand like this when you talk to God, you're basically saying, I'm going to surrender these circumstances to you that I can't figure out. And it also does another prayer. It says, I'm also open-handed because I want to receive whatever it is you want to give me. So it's a twofold prayer. And so even sometimes if you don't know what to pray, just do this and say, hey, God, help. <laughs> That's a real good prayer. <laughs> and so we, I'm going to pray for us. And if you, you feel like you want to do that, go ahead. If you feel you want to do this, go ahead. Let me pray. Let's start with this prayer. Jesus, I give everyone 
in everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you. Lord, we recognize that there's so many things that are outside of our control, and like David, who's trying to sift through the rubble, who's just trying to figure out how to get by. Lord, many of us experience those same moments in our lives where we're just so fatigued by our circumstances, so, so overwhelmed by our burdens that, that we just feel like giving up, packing it in, throwing in the towel. And Lord, it's not our inclination to surrender those things to you, but today we take a moment. And I pray for all my friends here who are just right on the edge. You know their circumstances. They're right on the edge. But by your grace, they're here this morning, and you want to minister to them. God, would you give them the the boldness and the courage just to surrender their circumstances to you? Lord, we pray for their courage, that they need to do that. Lord, and I pray as we sing this last song together, that your Holy Spirit would would minister hope and, and confidence and grace and help and strength in a way that no person can. Lord, we're here because we believe in your Holy Spirit and the work that he does in our lives, and we we invite the Holy Spirit to do that work here and now, to bring hope where there is no hope, to bring your life, to bring your word, to bring your truth. And we'll do our very best to, to live a life of surrender to you. Give us the strength we need. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and we'll sing. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.